All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to, uh, for fantasy sake, QC, our Monday night show, uh, name to be determined. Maybe we'll circle back to that topic at the end. I'm here with Mike Sicoli. He's at underscore underscore Sicoli. Um, I think that's how we need to sell it for the people back home. Cause you are just, you got all this, you got all the tweets. I, your, your Twitter feed is one of the best in terms of just staying updated. You're ahead of the curve, man. Um, I'm ahead of the curve. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just splendid. Uh, just dealing with some college stuff. Back to school. This is, uh, I think uh, this is our second show when I'm here at Quinnipiac. I have already gotten strep in that. So I'm feeling fantastic. It's not your flu yeah. game, but it, it's it's your strep game, which is impressive. So, I, I mean, <laughs> let's go. You're going to notice, you're gonna notice me turn. You're going to notice me turn and cough at some points. I will do my absolute best to mute because no one wants to hear that. But, you know, it didn't, it didn't stop me from watching Sunday football, from watching some nice Thursday night football, and certainly won't stop me tonight. All right, let's get it. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, school's starting for me, but, I mean, it's really great. Um, I kind of gotten into a bit of a, um, a, bit of a routine here. Um, just to recap, not to, uh, not to, like, victory lap or anything, but uh, week one, just to give you a little bit of a – a peek behind the curtain is I'm kind of testing like the machine learning stuff that I'm doing. Um, and with DFS, it's a really good way to like money in money out is a good measure of like, is this going to help me win? Like, cause I, I, this is the type of thing like the pros are doing similar stuff to this. So um, yeah, I, I made a, I made a nice little model with uh, that include ownership, ownership percentage in uh, 31% return on my investment. So, I mean, you get that type of uh, return on investment in a uh, in the stock market, you're doing really well. So, I was happy with it, and um, and uh, it, it's it's good news that um, the type of stuff that we're going to talk about is like the context, right? Like maybe not the box score doesn't match up with what actually happened in the game. So, um, let's jump right in. Context matters is actually a, a follow. It's at um, Dwayne McFarland on Twitter. Um, this is a high stakes, uh, DFS player, uh, best ball guy. Um, his Twitter handle name is context matters. And he does a really good job of like tweeting out some interesting, uh, usage notes that maybe, uh, don't line up with, with the box score. So, um, right off the bat, he, he's talking about Jonathan Taylor's, uh, played 55% of the snaps in week one. Now that's a little bit low um, for a bell cow running back. Uh, Christian McCaffrey gets 80 to 90 um, percent is kind of like a way to anchor that. Um, but he accounted for 64% of the rush attempts. That's elite usage. Okay. That means you're dominating the backfield, right? So it's your, he's, he's the 60% back. That's a threshold that we want our fantasy um, running backs to hit. He was targeted on 41% of his routes. That's a big deal. That means when Jonathan Taylor is running a route, that he's he's the he's the first or second look on some of these plays. So they have a little bit of he's not just leaking out and he, like he's the outlet back. Like Patrick Mahomes, like isn't going to use an outlet back very often. That's why Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a bit underwhelming right now. And then forty percent of um, his routes, uh, 40, on forty of his routes uh, per pass attempt. That's another stat that's going to tell us that. Um, that he's, he is involved in the offense on the passing. So this is a surprise that really matters. Um, and good news for Naheem Hines as well. They didn't utilize a third back like they did, like a Jordan Wilkins or, um, I mean, they brought in some dusty guys. But um, from, from Jonathan Taylor, what you saw on the field, is he, uh, is he looking like maybe late first, even sometimes late second at one point in the offseason? 
Do you think we're going to be uh, taking him earlier next year? We'll, we'll be taking him in the first round next year without a doubt. Um, the big, the biggest storyline from this game was how Carson Wentz utilized his running backs, how Frank Reich schemed his running backs, where – you know, we, we were guaranteeing that Naeem Hines was going to catch the ball. He's too talented not to. They gave him a nice little lucrative deal prior to week one. Um, good for him. Very, you know, he's he, he's he's earned that. Um, but, you know, Naeem Hines caught six balls. Jonathan Taylor caught six balls. And that's going to – that it, it's not going to be that way all, every week. But the fact that Carson Wentz is looking to run him back's way, which he didn't do all the time in Philadelphia to success, that's, that's something that matters. And – and this was Jonathan. John Taylor put up a solid like 18 fancy points on a very mediocre rushing week. That's not going to happen yeah. often for Jonathan yeah. Taylor. That's that's just not. That's that that's an outlier yeah. type of rushing output. So Jonathan Taylor just put up. He he established what it's not his floor. I don't want to say that, but it's somewhat it's somewhat close to it. Where if the if the efficiency isn't going to be on the ground, he can catch yeah, some balls. Yeah, and yeah. Make up that's that. what I'm saying. He. He is not a Nick Chubb in the sense where, like, Nick Chubb came out of the gates hot. Of course, he got there this week. But if Nick Chubb doesn't find the end zone, it's you, you, his floor is kind of like in the 10 range. Like, this is real floor. His floor is like in the 10-point range, whereas now Jonathan Taylor probably settles in at, like, the 12 to 13-point range, right? Which seems like it's not doesn't matter, but, like, that, that kind of matters. Like, Jonathan Taylor is getting 17 points on, like, a meh rushing game, which is, like, his bread and butter. So – um, really one way that you want to look at the Colts, here's how I view them, is their backfield has gotten narrower, which is great for fantasy football, but their receiving corps, it's just, it's a carousel right now. Like no one's getting a whole lot of snaps. So um, invest in that backfield. Naheem Hines is great for my zero RB truthers out there. We're going to move on to the next one though. Um, this is kind of like a little bit of a, a, a double-edged sword here. Uh, this tweet from JJ Zacharyson at late round QB. If you're not, Following him, you're not doing this right. Um, he's yeah. one of the ones who uses data in a really thoughtful way. Um, but only Joe Mixon um, um, had 29 rush attempts, um, had more rush attempts today than Mark Ingram, 26. That's a lot of carries. Mind-blowing. Absolutely so, mind-blowing. Um, Ingram, though, still ranks 14th in running back rush share on the week, right? Positive game script allowed for the run-heavy approach. So let's unpack this tweet because this is a skill that I think people need to understand is like there's a lot of information here. So first of all, Joe Mixon, 29 carries. Oh, my goodness. 29 carries, um, didn't come off the field. He's the bell cow. Um, had a couple like plays where he, he didn't really show up. He kind of looked bad sometimes. But as far as like if they're just going to keep feeding him that way, he's a smash pick where you, where you got him in drafts this year. What did you see out of Joe Mixon? I mean, Joe Mixon's talent has never been the real issue, um, and it's always been the usage and staying on the field. So, yeah, whether he can hold up to a twenty-nine carry workload, I, I still, you know, we'll wait and see. He's not at the point where I'm going to predict injury upon him. Um, no, no, but it's I, a it's, lot it's, of these Bengals players. Well, real quick, AJ Green, yeah. Joe Mixon, their injuries extended beyond just because I don't think they wanted to come back and play for the current, that current Bengals team. Yeah. Because they were always out of contention. Come and, they, and we've kind of slapped, we've kind of slapped the injury prone tag on Joe Mixon when he was kind of basically like a soft holdout, you know, like I'm not going to put my body on the line for this team that's tanking. 
uh, yeah. when I have a legitimate reason to extend my rehab, you know, that type I mean, of thing. He missed, he missed four games from 2017 to 2019, which is pretty good for, for a running back. And this was someone I'll, I'll, I'll totally own up to it. I wasn't really in on Joe Mixon this year. I viewed him as kind of a scary proposition with what I think the, the Bengals offensive line, line is could a problem. be. That's the offensive why line is still going to be a problem. He but, got, but it, why I yeah, said he, it, there was a couple times he got like stuffed on a fourth and one and he looked bad. Well, you're going to look bad when when you're, you got you, you can't even get to the line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and and Mixon will get him. A, Mixon is good enough to be above that four yards per carry mark, so he'll get over that. But he needs he do, like he, he's going to need these, this volume to succeed when the offensive line is poor and maybe he doesn't get that rushing touchdown every week. Yeah. That's yeah you're, happy if you drafted, you're, score. you're you're thrilled right now. If you draft yes. Joe Mixon, yeah. because he's going to get um, that volume. He's going to catch the ball, which is I'd say he hasn't done. here's a, here's a little dynasty take for you. I would say that you're, we're entering probably about an eight game window where Joe Mixon's a great sell candidate. Yeah. Especially he, if you, if you, if this is the player that you trade away, if you get, three weeks into the season and you just don't, you know, you don't have it this year. You know what I mean? Cause he's, he's I, got it. He's going to smash this year and then we're fading him next year for sure. Just basically. I love, game. I love selling second contract running backs on the first year out of that contract. Cause it's always a good year. They, they, mm-hmm. they always, you know, they signed that and then we're always like, wow, like no brainer deal. That was great. But yeah. then two years goes by and now Zeke is signed guaranteed for the next two years. And we're just like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, there's yeah. a little dynasty take for you, which you're not hearing a lot of those right now. I think I think people appreciate that type of um, thinking because, um, yeah. Uh, but and then on the on the flip side, if you're contending, like keep them, and, and, it it's, it's it's it is like kind of like Joe Mixon's a very liquid player right now. Like you can move him, like if you want, and it's not a bad idea to to take him in, especially if you you need that. Like like I got CMC and Melvin Gordon in the league, which Melvin just just the way I thought it was going to go, right? 70 yards just, just so um, that was an absolute dagger for the guy I was playing this week so anyway um on that team like if I could shore up that rb2 position even because I am a little zero rb even even more extreme in dynasty um that's a trade for a back where I, I know I could get him for a reasonable price and he could smash this year um I do think and, I, and, yeah, and bring I, that bring home the chip yeah. I do think we should also briefly touch on the Mark Ingram side of this tweet yeah, I, yeah, I we, we're getting lost yeah. in Joe Mixon. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a, he's an um, interesting player right now. But Mark Ingram, the Houston Texans will not see another game script like that. They no, ran the ball a ton, and because what what this tweet is saying is he was about middle of the road for the amount of rushes he got in the backfield. So yes, you see Mark Ingram twenty six. He didn't carry. He wasn't. He, he he wasn't getting this like absurd like Mark Ingram's the guy volume. It was. 33%, 33%, one third, one third of it was Lindsay, one third of it was Johnson, and one third of it was Mark Ingram. They all had real defined roles, and they're just chopping up a bad backfield. Get out of there. Get out of there while you still can. Don't add Lindsay off of it. I know that's probably going to be a hot waiver ad. Don't add Philip Lindsay. Just don't. Just don't do it to yourself. Don't add Mark I Ingram. Am, yeah. I am still scrolling through Mark Ingram. There we go. Mark Ingram, the last time he has had that many carries or more was week nine of 2014. This is just such an outlier game. It's for a trap. It's a trap. It's, it's, un, it's unbelievably an outlier. Um, this will separate. Yeah. This will separate the field. This is one of those defining moments. In in, in it does might doesn't seem like it. Good teams understand that the Houston Texans will probably go one and sixteen this year. 
One of that's, my bull predictions. One of my bull predictions was was putting them down as winless. So I already got that wrong. But that's it's if they're not. A it's good similar. Team. There also is okay. So there also is a possibility that they're just playing hard. We got like this ragtag group of like old veterans, which I don't think is true. But what I did like, what I what I, it's not down on the dock here, but what I did like is what I saw of the Lions. They played hard. Yes. Man. No, that, that, the, and that's, the, and Lions, that's, the Lions were fired up for that game. The Niners came in and like were not there. It looked like it, it seems like they had some. I think the storyline there that's not really you're not getting it from the media right now is that I think some of these guys like really had a, they had a bad couple of weeks of practice, and some of the real young guys like IU and Sermon maybe I don't know if they have curfew or whatever, but missed a meeting or a curfew like they were they were out or whatever like. I think I think some team rules were broken, and we, we don't need to panic on those guys. But anyway, the Lions look good, and I think that's an offense that can sustain some some good fantasy options outside of Swift and Hawkinson. Even yeah. the one the one thing we were going to count on from the Lions is, is I, I think they were going to try. I think that's what Dan Campbell's that's all Dan Campbell's going to instill is a work ethic on that team. Um, I don't yeah. think it's going to equate to many wins. And the bigger storyline for me out of that game, you could point at the Lions' work ethic. I will point at the fact that Shanahan is trying to choke another game, and it's bothering the heck out of me as someone who chose He's, them in survival. Yeah. I, I I chose them in survival pool. I've said this before on this podcast. I said last year I chose the Jaguars to. Oh no, I chose the Colts to beat the Jaguars. The Jaguars beat them in Week One, and I lost every game the rest of the way. And I did it with the Four Niners this year, and I was convinced that Detroit was going to win this game and then lose the rest of the season. So I yeah. Shanahan Shanahan. Between him, between Trey Sermon and that this week, I am he's on bad terms right now with this podcast. Mm-hmm. But that's that's fine. I mean, I'll we him we next week. we do we do stand the Shanahan coaching tree in general. Coaching um, tree, yeah. yeah. The I'm not, uh, not Shanahan anymore. I guess the the, the root of that, the stump. I guess the the body of that. Uh, Kyle Shanahan himself. He's playing some games right now, oh, and too many I games. do think it's week one. He, he, he sometimes will, like, galaxy brain himself in some situations. Um, really cool podcast. Uh, I think you would like it. Have I brought this up before? It's called Flying Coach. Sean McVay's podcast. Oh, I, um, I love that. My outlook on Shanahan is, is, uh, has changed a lot since listening to that. Like, So, first of all, it's a really cool podcast because they're just, like, chopping it up. It's just they're old friends, right? Because, like, Shanahan hired McVay. But the way they were talking about players was interesting. It's like, it's, like these coaches, they, they just – they just have these like go-to plays where they just spam them. And you saw that this week with Shanahan found the, uh, the like the, the, the tip pass, like jet sweep passes to Debo Samuel. He just spammed it. Like he was playing Madden, you know, like nice that's, that, that. that's my outlook on Kyle Shanahan, which is really cool. So Debo went nuts, but yeah, just we're, we're seeing like, like one thing you want to look at, like even as a spreadsheet guy, like I'm looking at how teams come out and like the general, like, because that's a big factor in this is like you can confidently predict that maybe this player is more of a before play this this week because the team is like what you're hearing out of out of the team's camp is that they're they, they had a bad week of practices that happens like a lot of our listeners are probably athletes like we just think these guys are machines and they perform at a higher level more often than uh, than we do that's why they're in the NFL but it's still it's like that culture and coaching matters so much in that regard. Um, so just yeah, target good uh, teams and uh, yeah. let, let's keep going. 
Yeah, let's segue. Uh, we could segue into this next week again by JJ Zach Reese and that late round QB. I know, you know, Nick said it before, but if you're not following JJ Zach Reese and you're doing fantasy football wrong, um, but we could segue that, you know, that Debo Samuel right there, right into this tweet. Uh, so Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, what they, what do they all have in common this week, Nick? Um, they had a target share north of 30%. So, 30%. Yeah, so the context of that matters, right? Like um, anything over 25% is like really good. Um, 25% is like your DeAndre Hopkins. Like like th- these are target funnels where the like – it doesn't matter. Like these are these are guys who are finding they're they're getting open. Your Stephon Diggs is getting open and getting a target twenty five percent of the time. The team passes. That means that teams are bracket coveraging. They're double triple teaming them, and they're still getting open. So when we see something north of thirty, like you expect to see Tyree Kill here, right? Um, you expect to see, um, but you don't expect some of these other guys. And these this is like a huge signal of like these are buys. Um, Debo Samuel is a buy, like even if you have to buy him at a little higher of a price now, um, because he showed that that in his current environment with his coach is he is getting the ball a lot. He's going to be the game plan. Right. And as we get better at fantasy football, as the game evolves, fantasy football is like there's literally going to be people that can predict the types of coverages that a player is going to see. And you're going to know a Debo Samuel game's coming. We don't really know that yet because we don't understand real football enough. Um, Chris Godwin, again, um, he's kind of in a crowded wide receiver room, but these guys can still like in a game to game at a game to game level can win you weeks. Sure. Chris Godwin's going to get you a five point week sometime. He's going to get, he's going to have the Mike Evans game. Right. But you should be building your lineup in the sense where like when he goes down, like you have a Tyreek Hill also there. Right who's going off for 40 a lot more often than most players. But so again, these are your 30% plus they'll, they'll get you there. These are great fantasy football assets. And I think Deontay Johnson is interesting because I think that him, he's demanding a a 30% target share every week. And he's, he's with two really other good receivers. Deontay Johnson's good, man. Um, He's good enough that Ben keeps going to him. And I know it's like people are, the drops aren't his fault. That's a big Ben issue because big Ben is throwing. He's, he's so scared of getting hit. He's throwing the ball to Deontay Johnson too early. At the end so of the day, every know, receiver, every receiver is going to drop passes. We can't Deontay. Yeah. That's all that matters. All that matters between a wide receiver and a quarterback is the trust. And big Ben has shown repeatedly over the years. If he trusts you, he's going to get you the ball. And you, you know, we could say, Oh, Antonio Brown was just so talented. He demanded it. Uh, but like I mean, that extended to Juju in his uh, his sophomore year. That extended to Heath Miller for a large number of years. Extended many tight ends in Pittsburgh. So if Big Ben loves his Deontay Johnson, he's going to find him the ball. He also Deontay Johnson is also a pretty good scheme fit for this Macanda offense, which is using pre pre snap motions all yeah yeah all, all the, the time. If, if you yeah. that's another thing you're not going to see in the box score. That that Steelers offense looks so much different. It didn't. Might not have produced a ton of points, might not have been flashy, but it looked certainly different than it did last year. Yeah, I'm going to um, sandwich this take right in the middle of this podcast because I know the haters are going to be coming after me after what I wrote about Najee Harris. They're coming because, to be fair, the box score is not great. But rookies, we, got, we have to let these rookies be rookies for a few games. Rookies are great because they peak during the fantasy playoffs. 
talk to me in week 12 and then we'll, we'll, we'll revisit the Najee. If in week 12, I'll let you know, I'll have changed yeah. my mind by then. And I'll let because, you know, when I know, you'll know. Because when, again, when I know with, it's done, yeah. you'll know. With Najee Harris, the context matters. That's the segment. A hundred percent of snaps. Now you could take that and you could look, wow, he didn't do, he gave me five fancy points on hundred percent snaps. That's not good enough. No, it's not. But Najee Harris is not going to be that inefficient on that that often. He's just not. He's getting the opportunity, and that's what we want to see. He's going to get the ball. Mm-hmm. He's going to get the ball a lot. He looked – I'm not even sure what happened on some of those receptions on some of those targets. He just looked – he looked confused on some of those. But those will come with time. Those are just timing. That's just reps. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to happen for Najee. He's going to be on the field. And when you get that many – that much opportunity – in a decent offense as a talented player. I don't think we're calling Najee's talent into question, so I'm not sure why anyone with talent and opportunity should be doubted for fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I think I think if, if there's a hit that I, I, I think his uh, – it's a one-game sample. we got to remember that. Yes. Um, I, it might have been a defensive thing, but he did not get as many targets as I thought he might. Um mm-hmm. But it was just a weird. It was a weird defensive game. I don't think there's a whole lot of takeaways from that one. The Bills have, Bills have great again, coverage. Again, yeah, yeah. The Bills yeah. have great coverage linebackers. That is yeah, also fair yeah. to point out. Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano are, are really good. Just at bad matchup. Bad ma- we, yeah. That's the thing. When 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 things don't go well, we just say bad matchup. When things go well, we knew it all along. Moving on. Um, look out for that thirty percent. Those those got those. That's freakishly high volume. Um, some waiver wire guys that we want to keep an eye on. Um, and I'm going to talk about the San Francisco situation as a whole, lay it out very simply for you in the context of who's the guy, what you need to do with the, with the, with the 49er situation is twofold Buy Ayuk everywhere, because this guy was being talked about as one of the best wide receiver prospects they've had in a long time. And this is an organization that takes pride in their wide receiver talents. This is Jerry Rice's team, right? So Ayuk is still good. This is kind of following in line with that Jamar Chase thing. Like, is he not working hard right now and his coach is pissed off at him and benched him? Yes. Did he forget how to play football? No. Bye Ayuk. He's going to get his chance. He's going to get back in there because they're more dynamic with him on the field. Similar with Sermon. They invested the draft capital with them. You don't buy a Ferrari just to let it sit in the lot, right? So they're going to see what they need from him. And if he's on the waiver wire, if someone panic dropped him, pick him up, I don't think he's available much at all. The two guys that are are Elijah Mitchell and um, Jay McHale Hasty. The guy you want, even though they split pretty evenly, is Mitchell. He is uh, the guy they drafted this year, again, um, they're going to want to see, um, it was a late pick a, a day three pick, which those typically don't, don't really break out on a, at, at a high rate, but he does, according to the analytics side of things, he's got the size speed score, those types of things to, to be a back that gets a lot of volume and we're and always Mitchell, keeping our eye on these yeah. guys. And Kyle Shanahan has shown over and over again, that he like draft capital matters. So that's why we're saying you got pick up sermon if he's out there. But he will use whatever he has at his disposal. Mitchell's there. And what's what's really interesting about this, something because I, I, I thought about putting it out as I thought about picking on Mitchell before this game. But Mitchell 
and it was telling that he was active, but Mitchell missed a lot of time in the preseason with injury. Like, if, mm-hmm. if I remember right, it was pretty much all of July, most yeah. of August. And out, out he, you know, here he comes, active week one, taking the rock, what, 19 times? So that's, that's interesting to me. And I'm sure it can flip next week, but we do have to we'll, – we'll touch on it here, why not. You know, Raheem Mostert out, I believe, six to eight weeks. Yeah, we kind of we kind of um, buried the lead on that one. So, yeah, Raheem yeah, that, Mostert that, is, this is out why, six to eight weeks. This is why it matters because Raheem Mostert's out, and who knows, even if he comes back, who knows how long he's back. So, I mean, the backs are as follows. It's, Jermichael, uh, it's Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, uh, Jermichael Hasty. Not necessarily in that order, but those are the three backs that are going to be on this roster. And all of them will hold, hold value. But Mitchell and Sermon are must owns. Um, I, I mean, I, how much of your Fab budget would you spend on Mitchell this week? Because I, I think I'd so, be aggressive, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is interesting, right? Because I, um, I picked up Tyson Williams. He got dropped mm-hmm. uh, pre Gus Edward news, um, so he was available uh, post Gus Edward news on the waiver situation. And it was Fab budget. I put um, Dynasty. Oh. I put uh, out of a two hundred dollar budget, I put a hundred and nine on him, so fifty wow. percent. Just which is which was probably ten percent more than I needed, but on that team, it's a zero RB dynasty team. Like, yeah, that's that's you why just, you have, you have to take as many that's of these shots the as you can. You just have to take as many of these shots as you can, and if I lose, like I have fifty percent more to take another shot. But also, I found out that my the rest of my league doesn't value those types of players much. I'll back it down next time. You know, people are kind of afraid to bet too much and like look foolish. Like, I mean, you make that mistake once, right? Yeah. Um, and dynasty, so, dynasty, dynasty budget is a little bit different than redraft. Where, yeah. So redraft, redraft, yeah. these, these types of players, typically 25 to 30% will get it done. That's the cost. Yeah. Um, I, I, if you I would, really I would, want I them, put, I'd go 30. I'd put 20. I, I would bump it up. I would pay the 30% for Elijah Mitchell this week, which. Yeah. I hope that none of my league mates tune into this because I will promptly do that. Yeah, thirty percent. Yeah, that's a, that's the one wrinkle. This is like we invite our friends to watch this and then they use it against. Well, that's us. why I'll, that's why I actually put thirty-one. Yeah. So okay, Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell, and Jamichael Hasty. Jamichael Hasty is still valuable. Like, don't like. It's I'll just spend a couple whoever, of bucks. I'll take the shot. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Shanahan has said like 15 percent of your fab budget. Like, don't go too crazy. Um, but Shanahan has said that uh, the best ability ability is availability. He just wants he wants guys that can stay healthy. They've already met all of his thresholds for athletics. Like he just he likes to get these big, fast, like kind of linebacker type guys. And he's been quoted as being frustrated with these guys aren't taking care of their bodies and and, and stuff like that. Like frustrated with injuries. So, like I said, Hasty gets his shot. Like there's a there's a pretty reasonable path to him getting a lot of carries just by staying healthy. And that's, that's what we want to see. Um, the next one up is, I, I don't know if people are on this. I try to kind of not be influenced. Um, I haven't really been on Twitter much since the games ended. Um, but uh, Kenneth Gainwell, I don't know if his role is flying under the radar or not. What have you seen about Kenneth Gainwell? I will tell you as someone who is very prevalent on Twitter, uh, under the radar, definitely under the radar. People are not talking about him much and i'm not really sure what happened to boston scott in that game exactly people are that, afraid but... they're afraid to admit that um we kind of chased a little bit of uh beat repi- beat writer reporting which it can be good 
but it could also it can it can bite you. And this is a this is a case. We we thought we knew for certain the one B, the satellite back, the guy who uh, had the the usable role gets you ten points or so in a pinch. Um, but upside to to take on a bigger role, we thought that guy was Boston Scott because he's been he's kind of spiked for us a couple times in a in a really predictable spot. But Kenneth Gainwell was that guy, and um, it surprised a lot of people. So he got nine carries, uh, three targets, two receptions for six yards. Like that's that's one B volume. That's twelve touches. Or sorry, I, I love that. Touches. I love it. Gainwell was someone I liked coming out, and I was it was sad to see him slip to day three. It confused me that he slipped to day yeah. three. Uh, it was probably just that was the thing his, with him. Yeah, that was, it was the just thing because with he's him. just because of his size, I guess. But um, it, it's not someone I'm actively going after because I'm not sure how valuable this role will be. I know the running backs called these my balls this week in Philadelphia. Normally, with a rushing quarterback, that's not the case. It could be an outlier, but rushing quarterbacks don't traditionally throw that often to the running back. Miles Sanders caught four mm-hmm. balls this week. That could also. I think we. We need to get. We need to be careful with that. We need to be careful with that. That's that sounds like uh, we used to think about the wide receiver switching teams narrative a lot, which Stephon Diggs made us yeah. look foolish. DeAndre Hopkins made us look foolish on that. I think that sure. that that narrative that running rushing quarterbacks don't dump it off. I think that's kind of. It might be that's more scheme of, than it is. It yeah, might be more scheme Nick than Sirianni, it is. Yeah, Nick Sirianni is coming from the Colts, who just gave. Naheem Hines, 80 targets. With Phil like, Rivers, but yes. Like, there yeah. are plays where Jalen Hurts can be the, the rushing quarterback, like one read, run. That's a part of their offense. But there's also going to be these – these are easy these are easy yards in a Sirianni offense. Who? Hey, on in the media, he seemed like he was one of these guys, right? These actually were mm-hmm. the Colts. Like, when he was with the Colts, this was, this was his – this was their thing. Um, he called a good game. He called a good game. Uh, I'm hearing good things uh, yeah. from people who know about football that Sirianni, like that was a pretty good debut for them. Yeah, no, um, they, they they outperformed everything I thought they would do. Uh, they went into Atlanta, and while Atlanta isn't Atlanta isn't expected to be a great team to yeah. do by any stretch, but they, but they a, went on the road. And, I'm in Philly, so I might be getting like all yeah. of the, the – the secondhand like hopium because I'm not this I'm no, not an Eagles no, I, fan but I'm a I'm a firm anti I I I do not I still don't really believe in Hurts as a passer but Hurt, they went into that they went into Atlanta and they they demanded that win it was no doubt that they were mm-hmm. the better team which is impressive from a rookie coach a kind of first time starter a lot of yeah you know, Devonta Smith out there who looked fantastic um it's. Yeah, I mean, it was. I'll pick up Kenny Gainwell on because I I like him as a talent, and like you said, you know, maybe maybe the Sirianni offense just does use utilize the running back like that. Yeah. And I don't think Miles Sanders is seeing five targets every week. I don't think no. That's he he looks like he's going to be a good pick where you got him this year. I think he slid too far. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, big brain with our running back dead zone talk. Like Swift smash made the haters look bad. Miles Sanders ah. smashed made the haters look bad. But those are backs that they don't. It's week one, Atlanta. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sending out my I'm just apologies saying, for my I'm just saying, If we, if right we think that team's good, they'll they'll do similar things to average or even above average defenses. Um, Jalen Hurts might be. We might be wrong about that whole situation. Um, but anyway, uh, what we want to do is we want to have. This is a, another good thing to think of. Is at this time is like, like you said, week one. Strong opinions loosely held, right? Because you don't want to not, you don't want to react to nothing. 
you know, this is, we just got a lot of information, yep. right? You want to make strong takes on things, right? But, but small miss, big hit. Okay. There's a couple of little, just uh little, little tricks or tips for you guys to keep in mind. Like when you're on Football the matchups. waiver wire, Kenneth Gainwell is, he should be really cheap for you. You're going to be able to get him for 10, 15% of your budget probably. Right. If you miss on that, right. If he's not good and that was an Atlanta thing, um, fine. You just drop them. You just keep churning through until you hit on one. Right. Um, so that's Kenneth Gainwell. Um, some other guys will just go rapid fire. Uh, James White, Naheem Hines and Melvin Gordon are actually like, uh, some guys that in shallow leagues, if they didn't get drafted or dropped, like they're pretty good satellite backs. Melvin Gordon got the pass down work, um, and split carries with Javante Williams had that 70 yard touchdown that really kind of boosts everything for him. So, uh, buyer beware. Um, I will, Jamal I will. Williams, I will Williams quickly, is the wide receiver three on Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will quickly jump in and say, yeah, I agree with the agree with the James White, agree with the Nine Hines. I don't think Melvin Gordon is long for that role. Javante Williams, no, no, got, but, got the touches early in that game, and Melvin screams by uh, scream sell it to me um, because I was yeah, going to look at I mean, stat line say, oh, three yards per carry, a catch for negative four yards, yuck. Um, but I, I. Maybe not, maybe not sell yet, but I think his value shores up within three weeks, four weeks. Yeah, Melvin, Melvin Gordon. I, I, I wanted to say like if he's out there, he should, he should be rostered, right? Oh, 100%. so if you're in like, yeah. a, if you're like in a ten team league, like that's a back where like you should be rostering him until he gets injured or Devontae until Williams Javante like, takes, takes over fully. Yeah, everybody, everybody assumes that's what's going to happen, but it, you could get a full season of it, and we're just a little bit disappointed in Javante's rookie year, which. Javante can still go really high next year and be really valuable, but yeah, yep. let's wrap this up. So we don't, um, we don't delay That's any of your long. recovery for, for us, for strep, but um, a couple of things that I'm just going to go rapid fire here. Um, New Orleans, it's fool's gold, right? Literally stay away. Juwan Johnson, who I love because he switched to tight end simply because he likes to eat Callaway, Deontay. It was one of the weirdest games we've ever seen in terms of um, touchdown luck. 150 passing yards, five touchdowns. These guys combined for six targets and they had five touchdowns. Stay away. Don't spend a lot of fab on them. They're all going to go for way more. Um, I want to tell all the haters that Marquez Callaway was the easiest fade in DFS this week. Please do not at me. If if what if Callaway gets dropped, pick him right back up. This was a Jairi Alexander week. Don't Okay, so you're a believer in Callaway. I, I agree. Like long term Callaway is probably gonna be I'm taking fine. my chance. I'm taking my chance on one of these guys, and I'm going yeah. to put, I'll put my chips on Callaway. Okay, we'll see. We're going to be J- here. James looks good. I, James looked. James looked good. I want. I want to. I want to see. I want to put some my chips on. my thing is is I guess. I guess I would like more information because I don't think oh, we, sure. we don't know who the wide receiver one here is, and there might not be one. There's if there's no and one demanding twenty five percent plus target share, it's just stay away because I think it might be a little bit inconsistent. Because the value is murky, that's why there's value. That's true. Um, if that's we, if true. someone demanded someone demanded 25-30% targets right now, you'd be the number one, number two pickup on the week. Uh, I just think you're going to have to pay. I think you're going to have to pay more than these guys are worth. Deontay Harris, you'll be able to get for what? I don't know, 5-10% of your fab. So Callaway, he, he's going to go for like 35%. No. If he's still no, out there. If he hasn't been if picked Cal- up Cal- already, Cal- 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 rostered and he could be dropped. That's why I put it out there. 
is if someone right. feels yeah, that you're right, part, you're right. Yeah, everyone you're drafted right. him. Everyone loved him after the preseason. But if okay. someone if someone drops him, pick him up. You can play him against Carolina. I don't even yeah. care. You can do yeah, that. Yeah, he's definitely not just on your waiver wire. So, Juwan no. Johnson, I guess, is don't yeah. – I'm, t- I'm I guess I'm talking myself into this because I love Juwan Johnson. <laughs> don't don't go crazy. Yeah. He's a fun player though. And I, I just got a feeling about him, man. Like he just could be <laughs> one of those he just could be one of those like fun stories of like He gets season. up, man. He got just up. a big just a big goofy guy cuz he is. <laughs> and um like all he do, he'll he'll get like three targets a game and just all he does is score touchdowns. Um, yeah, he's huge. He is huge and he's athletic. All right, all let's matters. keep moving. Let's keep moving. Um, that was good stuff. I it was good to, to talk to that because I was not seeing that situation very clearly. Um, but the weird, weird um game script for uh the Saints just in general. It was again one of those that weird was, games. It was the weirdest not a whole game lot I've that we, can, we can't get. We can't gather a whole lot from that. So Tony Jones was the number two, but it wasn't a role that it wasn't the role that we wanted. I don't know. It's a, I, I it's guess, a lukewarm Latavius role. It was a lukewarm. That's a good way to put it. It wasn't quite Latavius's role. I think he gets used more in a competitive game. Yeah. KJ Hamler, stand up central PA. Um, Love KJ. If you're, this is another one of those defining things where I'm not sure who people think the ad is. I would assume everybody's on KJ, right? I think it depends. I think there's going to be a fair bit of people say Tim Patrick should be. Don't one of the biggest pickups. This. I'm going to pick Don't up KJ Hamler because I, I'm all about KJ Hamler. I think KJ Hamler is fantastic and natural replacement duty. Um, but I, I'm fine. I'm fine working with either. Um, I don't think I, I'm I, pick, I'll pick you up. I'll pick up KJ if I had to put my chips on it. So here's an interesting thing. You need to look at like KJ is not just all of a sudden going to run Jerry Judy's route tree. You know? No, he can't. KJ Hamler but, had a role while Judy was on the field. It's just KJ Hamler might see more targets funnel his way within his existing role. This isn't going to change his usage at all. But all I'm saying is that there's just one less target hog on the field, which we saw Judy pour one out, hopefully four to six weeks. He comes back and just smashes. My Lord, we were in for one with him. And I, it's I sad to see a guy like it, that yeah. go down. I, I oh, can't we had get into it. it. I was so upset. But I, I thought it was going to be worse than it was, so I'm still fine with four to six. I hope you know prayers out there. Hope he gets better. Hope it's three. Um, but KJ, this was a guy who was a second round pick last year. Um, he was very close to having another big play on his uh, his fourth target. He caught the other three. Oh, and he, is- he plays he plays Jacksonville and he plays the Jets over the next two weeks. I am totally taking a shot on yeah, KJ Hamler on waivers this week. Yeah. I, I think, and I don't know if people are on him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just. He has some nice highlights. His route running yeah. highlights are. You're gonna see people. He, what? So, what do you think? You, if you want him, go 25. percent I think he's worth it. I don't even think you'll have to pay that much. I think you'll be. That if, offense if is gonna move the if, ball. If you are a real, if you're in a really savvy league, you might have to touch the 20, 25 yeah. percent. If you are not, then it's 10. Honestly. I just think of these guys as like, do I think that they're gonna be in my starting lineup? I think, 20, I think a lot of people are going to say Tim Patrick because of how, of how well he played last well, year. He's the one who he's going to slot in and basically like the plays involving Jerry Judy. Now Tim Patrick has entered that depth chart spot. And right? Tim Patrick scored. And I think that's why Tim Patrick is going to be the pickup over KJ. I'm just going to, I'm going to not avoid paying up for that. And I'll take a slightly. Yeah. The idea is that like, 
Jerry Judy was earning targets in that role. I don't know that Tim Patrick, because Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback that's not going to throw you open, and he's not going to throw the ball to you if there's anyone within a yard of you. So Jerry Judy was getting all these targets from Teddy Bridgewater because he's got five yards of separation because he's one of the best route runners in the league right now. And that might be early to say that, but he's he is in the school of Stephon Diggs and Antonio Brown. They work out together. Let's yep. keep moving. Let's save your voice. Van Jefferson question mark. I t- I tossed that in there. I tossed that in there. I know he. I, I don't think he was an analytical dream if coming out because he was a little bit older. No, I like, no. Yeah, that's the knock on him. He he was old. He, he's like 20, I think he's twenty five already. But I liked Kate, I like Van Jefferson coming out. I love that he immediately started off this year with a touchdown. It's not a pickup for me, most likely, unless I'm in a deep enough league. Right. But it is it is a firm eye on for me. I, I am he had I am three eyeing this targets. He, he did three targets. They didn't really need to Cooper Cup. Well, Cooper Cup. Oh my god, we should Cooper okay. Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford have a relationship, and I'm sure for fan I'm sure we're oh gonna have gosh. someone's gonna have a show on this later in the week, and that's gonna touch on it. I will make sure Deej does that. But uh, I, I will keep an eye on Van Jefferson as what you know they they brought in DJX to play a role. I think Van Jefferson might be playing that role already. Yeah, the downfield role. Cooper Cup won't stretch the field. Robert Woods won't stretch the field. Van Jefferson could, and Matt Stafford can throw it deep. That, it's it's worth an eye on in the Rams offense. I mean, that you, offense is just. I mean, when are you going to start you, Van Jefferson? Who are you starting Van Jefferson over? I'm not. not I'm not even picking him up. I'm not even doing this. I'm just saying I'm keeping an yeah. eye on him because any All right, in person, a deep dynasty league, I can any, see. Oh, deep dynasty. I'm I'm rostering him in every dynasty, but yeah. in redraft, I am keeping an eye on him because. If someone could be good in the Rams offense, if someone I think has talent in the Rams offense, I am keeping an eye on them. That's that's my baseline. Sean McVay, spent a second round pick on him. Tutu Atwell, I don't think is literally anything. I have a fly that keeps on flying on my screen. And yeah. that, that fly is telling me to move on because you're not feeling this Van Jefferson point. But that's fine. Well, I mean, I just think like I'll talk I'll talk I to you next to week see- when he drops another sixty oh yard. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, we got to come up with a name for this. Uh, we should we just call this the Van Jefferson Fan Club. That'll be the name of this podcast. But we'll Please. have a name for you next week. Um, we're gonna stop there. Uh, if you have any questions about waiver wire stuff, uh, shoot me a, a DM at under, run underscore the underscore Sims um, for Mike Sicoli. Same over here. Yep. Yeah, for Mike Sicoli. Um, that's at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli. Um, for um, for Fantasy Sake QC, the one and only uh, source for fantasy football knowledge in the Quad Cities, you can find them at FFSQC on Twitter. Um, taking us out, we got MPX uh, Mobile Party Experience. Um, if you have like a tailgate or something that you're doing, um, they'll, they'll set you up with like a whole like audiovisual thing. I'm going to a, a tailgate in Happy Valley uh, uh, this weekend for Penn State Auburn. So, I'll spread the good news of uh, MPX. Maybe they can expand to the East Coast. Um, we'll talk off screen about that game. I, I'm excited about yeah. Penn State this year. But uh, but yeah, let's let's get out of here. Let's save your voice. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, have a good one. Thank you. See you, everyone.